Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. Hosted by myself, Parker Shaw, and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker from the marketing team. And Sid from the marketing team. Yeah, this is actually Sid's first time on the podcast. We're really happy to have her joining us today. In addition to Sid, we have a very special guest with us today, uh, Dr. Bradford Stevenson, who is a urologist for Ogden Clinic. And Dr. Stevenson, I'm just going to have you introduce yourself a little bit to us. Great. Thanks for having me, Parker and Sid. Um, so I, I'm Brad Stevenson. I, uh, I'm from this area. I grew up in Layton. I've been with Ogden Clinic for about four years. So it's uh, starting to feel like home. Very nice. Yes. Um, are you from the Ogden area? Where did you grow up? I grew up in Layton. So Layton. Not too I'm, far away. I'm from Layton as well. Did you go to Layton High School? Yes, sir. All right. Fellow Lancer right here. That's <laughs> awesome. When did you graduate? Uh, 97. I'm sorry I'm dating you. Yes, (laughs) right. (laughs) That's all right. That's way cool. Uh, Tell us about your family. So I'm, uh, I've got a a wife and four boys. So we uh, stay busy. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, How old's your oldest? Oldest is 13. And youngest is? Youngest is just turned eight. Oh, wow. That's a busy life. Four boys. Four boys. That's crazy. Any more? Any more? No, four's enough. (laughs) <laughs> getting deep really fast. <laughs> so um, we've featured you in a couple of different videos, and one of the things that stood out to me um, was that you guys were doing a home renovation. Yes. Tell us about that project that you're working on. So uh, that was a project that we started a long time ago, two years ago, that we didn't think would be still doing in two years. So right. It's, uh, it's one of those things that everyone tells you when you start a project like that, that it's going to take a lot longer and be a lot more painful than you expect. And that's been true. What's so. been, have you like opened a can of worms at all? Like that, they kind of, like they say, ran into some problems. Yeah. A few of those things just kind of quirks about the house and, uh, trying to figure out how to make everything fit and work with us. And so it's been an interesting. Last experience. I saw you had gutted it. Where are you at now? It's still gutted. <laughs> All right. There's work to be done. That's cool. But though. there's progress. There's progress being made. So we're right. Good. That's a project that I've always wanted to do. So any pointers for the yeah, new think, and wannabe? Think twice. Think twice. <laughs> Maybe don't do <laughs> think it. Think twice. Make, make sure that you are in it for the long haul because it takes a while. Very cool. So kind of jumping back to your practice, how did you know that you wanted to go into urology? What was your kind of journey to getting there? So I mean, choosing a specialty is, is kind of a, an interesting process, right? You, you go to medical school and you have very limited exposure to all these different specialties. And so it's hard to have a really good feeling of what you're getting yourself into. And so, um, but you can get kind of a sense of what what type of people you'll be working with, some of the things you'll be doing. And so it's, for me, it was more kind of like a gut feeling, like going through these different specialties until you figure out where you feel like you fit. But the the journey towards urology actually happened before I even went to medical school. I was shadowing uh, a lot of different specialists, and I just happened to be at a a surgery center shadowing some uh, uh, surgeons, and a urologist was there, and he pulled me into a, a kidney stone case. And uh, 
you know, patient patient with a kidney stone was going under operation to have the stone removed, and that was just a very satisfying uh, surgery for me. You know, the patient came in in pain with a kidney stone. They did the surgery. He grabbed the stone, pulled it out. Patient better, you know, just kind of a very satisfying. Like an immediate kind of fix. Yeah, kind of like pulling a sliver out, you know. It's right. just It was a, a very satisfying, a like, yeah, big sliver. Big sliver and a hard place to get to, but... Um, I, I just that kind of piqued my interest, and then the more I went through medical school and had had exposure to different uh, specialties, that just seemed to fit. And that theme is is kind of repeated in urology: is that there's a lot of issues in urology that have a fix and that lead to you know improved quality of life. So I have a question for you: Could you explain what urology is in a nutshell? Yeah. So uh, urology is a surgical specialty uh, that, that has to do anything in the, ur- in the urinary tract. So that's basically from the kidneys on out. And so there's a lot of, uh, I, think, I think a lot of people, depending on your exposure to urology, don't, don't know kind of the breadth, the width and breadth of urology. So a lot of people think it's just treating UTIs. A lot of guys who come in and get vasectomies, they are under the impression that urologists just do vasectomies. But any, really any surgery of the urinary tract falls into the specialty of urology. And so we do uh, kidney cancer, kidney stones, bladder cancer, prostate cancer, um, you know, enlarged prostate, urinary tract issues, urinary tract infections, like urinary incontinence. So basically anything to do with the urinary tract that has a surgical uh, treatment uh, falls under our so specialty. urology is not only for men but women too fall into Correct. this category yes and so um we uh, we probably see as urologists just as many men or women as we do men um you know the 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 men part of the man part of thing is like bph and large prostate and erectile dysfunction that's kind of what people generally think about as urologists but um men and women both get kidney stones they both get bladder cancer kidney cancer affects uh, them equally there are some things that are more specific to women that we see uh, specifically that's a lot of like urinary incontinence you know leakage with coughing sneezing that kind of stuff so all that falls into urology yeah because i think that sometimes might be a small misconception is that you see mostly well it's only for men right right but there's a lot that you can do with both genders which is interesting ever children so the there are urologic issues in children. Uh, now, that depends on your training and your specialty. Uh, most of the, so a lot of the issues in children tend to be like congenital issues, birth defects. Those are the more complicated things that are taken care of by urologists who have specialized in pediatric urology. But there are some things that, um, that a general urologist will see in kids, like recurrent infections, bedwetting, that kind of stuff. I was one of those kids, the bedwetters. <laughs> but it's fine. I, why did I admit that on the podcast? I don't know. It's normal. It's normal. It's good. This it's is good, good this media. Is, this is a safe place. <laughs> so kind of just delving into what we wanted to talk about today. So you mentioned earlier how kidney stones was something that kind of drew to urology originally, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Um, so we wanted to talk about that because they're fairly common among the general population of, you know, America, United States. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of happens or what is the underlying cause for kidney stones in your patients so i guess that's that's two two separate things so what 
there's kind of what happens when you first realize you have a kidney stone, and then there's figuring out why you're making kidney stones. So Correct. you don't really know you're making a kidney stone until that stone starts to pass, and then you really know that there's a problem. Right. Uh, so the, the typical, the typical uh, presentation of a patient with a kidney stone is they're fine, and then out of the blue, there's severe pain. So this is not one of those things that for days you're kind of like, hey, something's wrong here typically. It's more like out of the blue, most people can tell you the time that the pain hit, it just hits you hard and usually really hard. Um, and that's pretty severe pain that a lot of times takes patients into the emergency room. Definitely. Because, well, I feel like from the people that I know that have had them, they've described it as worse than childbirth, but so I, I wouldn't know. I, yes, I wouldn't know either, but from, I've had, I've had a lot of women tell me that, that they'd much rather go through childbirth than a kidney stone. Wow. That makes me never want to get them. Yes. Me neither. So men and women both get these kidney stones. Yeah. Yep. And what ca- is there a reason why some people get them and some people don't? So if there's, there's a lot. So there's different types of stones that you can get, and there's different reasons for getting those stones. But in general, there typically has to be some sort of genetic predisposition to stones. So there's some people that that just don't get stones. No matter, they're doing everything wrong as far as like dietary factors and everything. They don't get stones. And then other people will get stones, even if trying really hard not to. So there's usually some sort of the way that your kidneys handle the salts and the, uh, you know, the urine as it passes through the kidneys that, that is just specific to you genetically. Right. But for most people, there has to be some sort of predisposition to stones, just the way that you're made. And then on top of that, the, uh, the urine conditions have to be right to make a stone. And those are usually the things that you can modify. So you mentioned dietary. Are there things that you can do diet-wise that can help prevent them? Oh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, Sid just pointed to my rock star. Um, The uh, (laughs) number one, by far, the number one highest uh, risk factor for stones is dehydration, just not drinking enough. If you think about, if you have a if you have a cup of, of water and you start stirring salt into that water or sugar or whatever, you know, the first little bit you put in, you stir, it goes into solution, right? But eventually you get to a point where um, it won't hold anymore, right? And then the salt starts to settle to the bottom of, of the cup. And if you want that to go in solution, you just add more water, right? So the same thing happens in the urine. If there's enough water in the urine, if your urine is dilute enough, then everything will stay in solution. And so if you're not drinking enough and your urine's very concentrated and it can't hold in all those salts, then these salts and you know, electrolytes, what are the things that cause, uh, that turn into stones, those crystals start coming out of solution and they clump together and they form a stone. All right. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Drinking yeah. water. So are you telling us to drink more water and less salt? Yes. So so it's, so here's the interesting thing. So... Um, so kidney stones aren't, if you look at the, what kidney stones are made of, the, the most common one is called a calcium oxalate stone. So a combination of calcium in the urine and then something called oxalate, which is in certain types of food. That's the most common stone. You can get other stones like calcium phosphate. You can get uric acid stones. But all of those have a common underlying uh, risk of dehydration. Mm-hmm. Now salt 
is uh, salt, which is sodium, sodium chloride, is interesting. That's the second most important risk factor for kidney stones. And that's not because the salt turns into kidney stones, but when you have a high salt diet, the way your kidneys get rid of extra sodium is they, they pump that sodium into the urine, and what comes along with the sodium is extra calcium. So it's not right. the fact that, that salt is turning into stones, but that the calcium that's, take, that's kind of along for the ride is your kidneys are getting rid of extra uh, sodium, pump extra calcium into the urine, and that's what can lead to stones. All right, so then I guess a couple health tips would be obviously drinking more water, mm-hmm. and then a lower salt diet is yep. suggested if you want to be on the best case scenario, like health-wise. Yes. to avoid kidney stones, right? Kidneys. Yeah, the, by far those are number one and two for your risk factors for stone. And again, some of that depends from person to person, but if you're talking kind of general recommendations for preventing stones, if you drank enough fluid and you had kind of moderate sodium intake, you'd be at a good starting point for preventing stones. Nice. So say you find yourself with kidney stones. Is mm-hmm. there medicine that can help you? Is it going to be, you know, break it up with a sound wave or is it surgery? So it, that depends on the stone and kind of how you're feeling. So one, one common misconception with stones is that the pain that you get from the stone is, is the stone moving. You're feeling the stone kind of moving. It's actually the opposite. Um, the pain that you get from a stone comes from the blockage of the stone. So as the stone falls out of the kidney into the tube called the ureter, it gets stuck in there, just like a tube getting plugged up. And then what happens, your kidney's still making a bunch of urine, it has nowhere to go, and so it builds up a whole bunch of pressure behind the stone. Mm-hmm. And it's actually that pressure that you feel, not the stone, not actually the stone. And then as that pressure builds up, then it'll sometimes build up enough that that stone kind of pushes through and it relieves the pressure and your pain goes away to some degree. So one of the, uh, one of the descriptions of kidney stone pain is that it's colicky, comes and goes and that's because as that stone comes down the ureter it'll get hung up from time to time get stuck create a lot of pressure cause a lot of pain and then it'll kind of break free and move down Um, so depending on how big the stone is uh, you could potentially just pass the stone on your own so if if you let's say you get in a lot of pain you go into the emergency room kind of writhing in pain they do a CT scan they find you have a stone if it's a, a small stone that has a reasonable chance of passing, then you know you can give you pain medication. There are some medications we can give you to kind of relax the ureter to promote passage of the stone, and you can pass it on your own. If it's a big stone that's just too big to fit through that tube, then you've got to talk about some sort of uh, surgery to get rid of it. So do you do surgery, like, how does that work? Is it like surgery, like, where you pierce the ureter? Or how like, so, this sounds frightening. You're right. So, um... There, these days, this is a good time to be alive as far as like modern medicine is concerned. So, correct stone surgery used to be a really big deal because you'd have to, you have to cut somebody open, and this is way before my time, probably before I was even born. But you'd have to cut someone open, go and cut open the kidney or the ureter, and pull out the stone and sew everything back together. Yeah. Now in these this day and age, we don't have to do that hardly ever. So, the there are two mainstays for stone treatment. One is, and Sid mentioned that, is a, what we refer to as shockwave lithotripsy. So that's using basically sound waves to break up a stone. Um, and that's a procedure that's done under anesthesia. So you go to the, 
the hospital, the surgery center, we go to sleep, we rest you on this uh, special bed, has a device that rests against your back. We can target the stone and send those sound waves to the stone. Each time that hits the stone, it breaks it a little bit, and you just hit it over and over and over until it kind of pulverizes it into a powder that then can easily pass out. So that's one way to treat it. That's pretty minimally invasive uh, option. The other way uh, to treat a stone is, again, an outpatient procedure. You go to sleep, um, but we go in with small cameras. So it goes in through, you know, through the bladder where you pee, kind of like putting a catheter in, and you fish it all the way up to wherever the stone is. You break up that little stone and pull out the pieces. Crazy. So is there no medicine that can be taken? So there... So... With the exception of, so we talked about uric acid stones. Mm -hmm. So uric acid stones are are unique in that you can dissolve them. Uh, So if you had a a uric acid stone sitting in your kidney, and we knew it was a uric acid stone, you could change, give medication to change the pH of the urine, and that stone would dissolve it, go back into solution. But the most common stones, which are calcium-based, once they're made, they're made. There's no way to break them down. You have to either pass them or have surgery to get them out. Cool. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know hardly any of this about about stones, so this has been eye-opening. So you can catch me not eating salt ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Stevenson, thank you for coming on our podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're so happy to have had you and learned a little bit more about kidney stones. And to everyone listening, thank you for listening to The The Daily Daily Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Diagnosis today. For more information about Dr. Bradford Stevenson or any of the other urologists or providers that we have at Ogden Clinic, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to listen to our podcast. If you did like what you hear today, make sure you like and subscribe or leave us a review if you're in Apple Podcasts or share uh, share our podcast on your social media pages. We really appreciate any feedback that you have for us. Um, We post episodes weekly and can't wait to share more with you. Have a great week.